0: Hi there, this is Alana and you are listening to the Praying Christian Women Podcast. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. How about you? Things are good. I've got a mouthful of like almonds, so I'm sitting here like trying to get it out of my teeth. That's
1: okay. <laughs> I cannot see them from here for those well, of us that well are good watching yeah. the video.
0: <laughs> Hopefully I don't have bad breath either, because you know, I would hate for my bad breath to stream all the way across from Zoom and Smell vision.
1: Uh, That's right. Well, and this would be a good opportunity to remind people that most of our listeners listen to our podcast as it syndicates to iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. But we do also have a YouTube channel. And so you can watch most of our podcast episodes by going to YouTube. Um, I don't know how you find us on YouTube. I don't know. Like, it's not like a... I would just search Praying Christian yeah, Women. Yeah, Praying and, Christian oh, Women podcast on YouTube. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, you have a, you can go to a certain... There's nothing fancy like YouTube.com yeah. you'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. Or you It's actually
0: YouTube.com slash ZW61XL24719. No, it's actually not. Dot that be it women dot, yeah. That would be wouldn't it be a coincidence? <laughs> a little bit weird. Um, yeah. you know, this would be a good thing though, for like sometimes when you listen to a podcast that has two hosts, like it's really hard to keep track of who's who. And I've like, heard
1: people say that our voices sound similar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So let's see, how can we differentiate? Like, if you're watching on video, it's super easy. Um, I am Alana with black hair and plants behind me
1: and you know what that is something very unique though not a lot of people have black hair true like I think like actual black hair I guess a lot of people do have black hair but I don't know just to me like you know there's varying shades of brown Mm -hmm. but to actually have truly black hair that's very unique to you and whoever Mm -hmm. else has black hair
0: it is unique to me and other people with black hair. We actually are the only segment of the population with black hair.
1: Yes. And the other thing is that not a lot of people truly have blonde hair. I don't have truly blonde hair. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's like sandy blonde, And yet, blonde, if I looked at you, blonde. I would probably describe you as a blonde. You would know? you? Because I've wondered that I think over I the probably years. probably would. When I was I little, I was very blonde. But as mm-hmm. I've gotten older... Like I, I have like the tail end of my hair is a little bit blonde, but that's mm-hmm. kind of from sun and damage.
0: No, I get it. It is. It's a little strange. We, we do the same with my youngest I actually trimmed his hair yesterday and like what fell off was so clearly just brown, not even light brown, but yet still I look at him cause he was a toe head as a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, are you still blonde? I don't, I don't know that you are anymore.
1: Yeah. Same. But with I my think middle. some of it,
0: yeah, some of it has to do with complexion too. Like I think I would, yeah, I would still call you a blonde yeah. if I were describing you.
1: But I'm not so, as unique as you.
0: No, no, because the only people <laughs> with black hair, <laughs> there are probably not necessarily in the U.S., but probably worldwide, I would guess black hair is probably the most common. It
1: probably is. It probably yeah. is. Alrighty then. <laughs> this <laughs> is, is really what color hair. Is this podcast <laughs> to our discussion? Okay.
0: All right. Well, you want to dive into our? Oh, well. Before we do the rest of the day, let's pray. We're we're kind of all messed up. Oh, but I have another one. So we just recorded an episode earlier today, so I won't make you do another live confession. Okay. But what about you. a what about a live gratitude? What's something that you're just very very thankful for right now?
1: I am very thankful for our puppy. He's brought a lot of joy yeah. to Tell us our about Archie. I, I have home.
0: not gotten a huge Archie update in a little bit.
1: He's a great dog. He is just great. I mean, he has had accidents in the house. He's chewed up some things, but it's just—he's just so sweet Aww. and like his personality just. It suits our family. I mean, I don't know how else to, to specify mm-hmm. that. But um, for a puppy, he's calm, I think. I don't That's think nice. he's. That's nice, especially he's for a lab. Yeah. Like,
0: you told me a lab puppy, male, and I'm like, oh, trifecta of, like, crazy. <laughs> right? He's not.
1: He's actually. Oh, quite- no.
0: I'm sorry. Out the window, it's really windy, and the neighbors have a little, like, waiting pool, and it just oh. blew away. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Like, watching their waiting pool blow away out the window. You know what? Give me just a second. She's got a baby in one hand. Let me
1: see if they need help. Okay. I'm going to pause us okay so while you were helping your neighbor how did it go did did oh everything was fine yeah i felt a little bit like stalkerish i'm like yeah so i saw
0: that your pool (laughs) blew away and that you were trying to catch it while holding a
1: baby can i help oh my goodness while you were doing that my son brought archie can you he is so dark you know what i used to never Mm -hmm. like see
0: a big distinction between chocolate labs and black labs but Mm -hmm. that is like that's a distinction right
1: there he's a black dog.
0: So interestingly, I hear that the only dogs, the only dogs that have hair that black are black haired dogs. Did you know that?
1: (laughs) And they're unique.
0: (laughs) They're so unique. He is cute. And you're right. He does seem kind of calm for a puppy. He, whoops,
1: he can. As he bangs your microphone. (laughs) He, he is actually like, my kids have started saying, is it, is it, uh. Licky Archie or bitey Archie, right oh, now because yeah. he has personality. Yeah, he has time. you know what's cute is right we now, do
0: that with coffee, we yeah. do um decaf and half calf. Oh, that and is then, so cute! Like when she's just totally crazy, she's super cute when she's decaf because like she knows we want to play and she gets tired. Oh. He's sweet, Jamie. He is really, He's really sweet. good, boy. He's a good boy are you a good boy? <laughs> you
1: got to do the puppy face <laughs> or I the puppy just, voice. <laughs> I do so much baby talk. My kids laugh at me because even with my children, I, didn't, I don't do the same baby talk with animals as I do with kids. Yeah. With kids, I don't. Uh-oh. Whoops. Sorry. You're just dropping everything. <laughs> with kids, I don't really baby talk exactly. I talk in like a sort of Little Sing-songy. Little yeah. voice, yeah, but it's not the same. I overdo it. And I think it's from the years working in vet clinics where uh, like the technicians, dude. we would all just go crazy with baby talk. So Aww. my kids laugh at me. They're like, You're so silly with him. Like when I'll Aww. say little,
0: yeah. You know, that's one of the best things though. Like puppies are having just a family pet, they can for sure bring out some playfulness.
1: They do that
0: otherwise just isn't gonna be there. So I'm so happy for you guys, and I'm glad it's working out.
1: Me too. And I saw pictures of your little guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we have Coffee, who's maybe like a little over six months, and then we're getting a Malamute puppy in a couple of weeks that so we're very excited oh about. We gosh. still, we miss Kitty like crazy, but we're all very excited for Binky, we're going to name him. I'm so glad that you
1: have him to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Kitty will never be replaced, but the fact you know. that you have that kind of hope to look to forward something. to, yep. I'm glad for you exactly. guys. I was kind of hoping that because it's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. well, we have our episode that at this point, by the time people are listening, will have already come out about prayer regrets, but I even have on the title dedicated to Kitty. Aww. So be immortalized <laughs> in our title.
0: Sweet little Kitty, you know, yes. we miss her, but... Yeah, we're excited to get Binky. When we first met him, he was only like his his eyes weren't even open yet. That's oh, how little he was. And so we just got a new picture like his eyes are open, he's gotten his fur. Oh,
1: he's so cute. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And Malamutes are just very, very pretty. And I I think for some reason I had it in my head like I don't love huskies as a breed. They're just like they're pretty high energy and Honestly, like, they kind of annoy me <laughs> as a breed. And for some reason, I think just since they both look kind of similar and they're both Alaskan dogs, I had in my mind that Malamutes also were like, super pretty breed, but not that good for pets. But it turns out, like, they're supposed to be amazing pets. So we're, we're really excited.
1: That's what I've heard, too, is that they're very mm-hmm. good with families, so. Yes. Yeah.
0: So anyway, um, we're talking today about spiritual housekeeping, kind of part two And making our home a sanctuary. So this is a follow-up to our recent episode about like praying, not just praying through your home, but also kind of how each room of our home can symbolize different, what would you say, like spiritual truths, I guess, like spiritual parallels based on. An
1: element, uh, um, a facet of our spiritual life.
0: Yes. yes. Not meaning that you have to be clean and tidy to be holy because that's
1: just hogwash. <laughs> if your bathroom has if your bath if your bathtub has rings, girl, you've got to go repent. <laughs> no. No, we're not saying that.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, I'm excited about part 2. Maybe even more so. Like I loved all the things. What are you drinking? I'm so sorry to interrupt myself, but what is that? <laughs> Okay, Fumbucha. that's just a different brand because I drink kombucha a lot too. I drink like the
1: orange ginger kind. Yours is like green and weird looking. It's ginger <laughs> lemonade and it's the Kirkland oh. brand. Okay. <laughs> hey, sponsorship. That's yeah, right. like, like a little sponsorship message. This episode is brought to you by Kirkland Signature Organic well, Ginger Lemonade, which no, is I just had, than the other brands when I go okay, to the Okay, I just had my kombucha lunch, but yeah, mine's orange.
0: So like, what is that green sludge she's putting into her mouth?
1: It does. It's very sludgy. It's got a lot of residue at the bottom, but it yeah, tastes yeah, good. yeah. Well good, good.
0: No, I really like kombucha. Um, <laughs> this this is one episode I feel like people who are listening as opposed to watching are just not getting a whole lot out they of it. They are
1: missing <laughs> out. Go to www.we don't stinking know. That's Com.
0: Yeah, if you notice one of the co hosts with black hair, you'll know that
1: that's the unique one. <laughs> yeah, what was that all about? I feel I don't so know. Silly. And we have, I, I almost thought I'm going to go back and just edit that part out. But we, no, can't see, now we've referenced, we referenced it so many, many times. <laughs> so I apologize for being just so whatever. Anyway, well, I can't make fun of you for being a blonde because that would
0: just be rude. Because I'm, you know,
1: dirty blonde. <laughs>
0: That means you need to repent and and get.
1: (laughs) I need to take a shower. (laughs) Did you, did your hair turn green in chlorine? Like I heard that that's a problem. Yeah, I had to, I had to use Ultra Swim. It's a brand of Mm. (laughs) this episode brought to you by Ultra Swim. No kidding. We have like five sponsors for today's episode. I'm serious. I need to get to work contacting these people. You really do. I had to, I don't even know if it's still around, but it was Ultra Swim. Uh, shampoo and it was supposed to strip the chlorine out and keep your hair from turning greenish because my hair did kind of start to turn a little greeny because mm-hmm. I was on swim team in the summers. Oh, so, right. But right. it worked really well and I oh, never cool. never had that problem. Now, I might get cancer because I used it for so many years. Weird. Oh, don't say that. No. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. Who knows what was in it that stripped the exactly. chlorine out, that bound exactly. the chlorine. But no, I did not. Um I, I mostly avoided that by using that shampoo.
0: Interesting. Well, have we, have
1: we even prayed yet? No, we haven't. And I will let's get to the that. verse of the day. So let's do it. <laughs> God, we just thank you for um, so many things, Lord. We just lift up this day to you and this podcast and this topic of just um, making our home a sanctuary and pray that you would help us to just find creative ways that we can create um, an environment of prayer, just a prayerful place um, for ourselves, for our families, and just teach us how we can build that bridge between the spiritual and, and our everyday tasks and the physical things around us in our homes so that we can invite you into every facet of our our homes, Lord. And we just give this time to you and pray that you'd be glorified in it. Amen.
0: Amen. So I know we kind of already used up our Just for Fun on the previous episode, but I thought of another one because yeah. you know how much I love doing this to you. Do it. Think of all of the homes where you've kind of either lived or spent time Mm -hmm. and you get to pick and choose. So you can be like, well, I want the kitchen from when I lived in New Mexico Mm, because I love this, things like that. What would you, what would you put together for your Franken home?
1: (laughs) So my Franken home, I would definitely take the location of our second home. We've lived in a lot of places, but we lived in um, Blacksburg, Virginia, on Mm -hmm. the new river, it was Mm -hmm. N-E-W, the new river. Um, We lived right on the river and it was a teeny tiny little house and it was just perfect for us, you know, just me, my husband and our dog. And it was right on the river and we actually lived, um, we rented from the owners who lived next door and Mm -hmm. they would plow a garden. They would till up the garden for us so that I could plant the garden. I didn't have to do any of the work. So I would take the landlords as well that would fill up the garden for me. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) And that location, um, I would take probably the kitchen from our house in Arizona Mm -hmm. uh, because it was bigger. Okay. It was, it was big. It was a pretty modern kitchen. All the houses Mm -hmm. were fairly new there. So it was a pretty modern kitchen, pretty big, and Mm -hmm. it had lots of storage. And, The kitchen was right next to the living room so that if we had people over or Mm -hmm. I was preparing dinner, I could just be there and be in the mix with everybody and I wasn't closed Mm -hmm. off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Is there any other stuff? Should I go through like all the different things? That works. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I'm trying to think if there's any other feature. I love our deck that we just put back on. So I would like Mm -hmm. to have the deck from this home. My husband pretty much single-handedly with just us helping build uh-huh. the deck, and it's That's really impressive. nice. So I would take the deck uh-huh. of this home. Yeah. How about you? That's
0: cool. I would take the backyard from the home we just left, like with everything was fenced off, but it was spacious and mm-hmm. pretty and relaxing. So I would, for sure, that would probably be like priority number one, get that backyard. Yeah. Um, I would have the walking trail of the parsonage where we used to live because it stretched for like three quarters of a mile. Oh, it was yeah. like our driveway was like almost a whole mile.
1: And oh, so I could go so on cool. really
0: long walks without like leaving the
1: house. <laughs> Did you ever encounter wildlife like moose or bears while you were walking? We saw – not while I was walking. Um Never saw a moose. There was a bear
0: that kind of made its way around that area, but it was never spotted closer than like a mile from our house. Oh, that's good. So it wasn't too bad. You know, we had dogs and they're, they're decent yeah. deterrents mm. for that kind of thing. Um, and honestly, I don't, I don't care a ton about the rest. The place where we're at now has a really nice little pacing path um I've kind of made myself like this little route and so I like the pacing option here and I would say those are probably my my biggies um yeah I can't think of anything else like you know if we move again it's got to have this but yeah those would probably be the things that I would want to
1: bring over that's a good one
0: Yeah. All righty. So now we can do our verse of the day.
1: Yes. So our verse of the day is um, Luke 10 verses 41 to 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And just for context, I'm sure most people know what this is, but Mary and Martha were sisters. Martha was busily preparing for people to come and eat and, you know, for Jesus to be their guest and was angry because Mary was just sitting there at Jesus' feet, listening to him and hanging out like she was enjoying company, right? (laughs) And she chastised Mary. and, And I think she even, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she even said to Jesus, hey, Tell her she needs to help me, Jesus. And Jesus said, uh, you know, and this reminds me kind of of um, what was the parody about the Brady Bunch where Jan is like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So (laughs) I picture saying, Jesus, (laughs) Martha, 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 Martha. Martha. you're worried (laughs) and upset about many things. And I just love this. But few things are needed or indeed only one. And man, that cuts me. Like it just really divides your thoughts when you think about that. When you Mm -hmm. feel like you're busy, when you feel like you're spinning your wheels, I think we need to ask ourselves that question or picture Jesus talking to us and just saying, few things are really needed. Like, Mm -hmm. do you really need to garnish that salmon with fresh dill, you know, or do you really need at this moment to you know, clean off the counter when your kid is asking just to sit and talk. Like, you know, there are just so many, few things Mm -hmm. are really needed. Few things are true. Mm -hmm. But then he says, or indeed only one. And then that takes it down another level to really all we need is Jesus. And yes, I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously we have other physical needs, but Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And all these other things that we spin our wheels on, they're going to be taken away. I mean, literally Mm -hmm. the dishes being clean get taken away because they become dirty again. Exactly. And it's not an excuse to lead an untidy life. You know, I mean, it's yeah, we don't want to eat off dirty dishes every day. That wouldn't be sanitary. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's a perspective shift that I just really – it speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and
0: it's important just in terms of time management to sit mm -hmm. back every so often and realize, like, you literally – don't have to do anything. Like some people will say, well, you have to eat and drink and sleep. Literally, you don't even have to do that. I mean, you're going to get sick if you don't. (laughs) Um. You don't have to feed the kids. You'll, you know, they might get taken away from you (laughs) if you don't. But so I'm not saying like, let's shirk off responsibility, but Mm -mm. sometimes to just go and realize that there is literally nothing that you have to do Mm -hmm. and that everything that you are doing, you are deliberately choosing to do. It's almost the same thing as, you know, when you move, like you, you put everything in a box and then you get to choose what comes with you right? And so as opposed to just living by default, like this is what we do, this is our schedule or Mm -hmm. something, it's take everything away. not saying you have to do this even on a like a daily basis or anything like, okay, take every single thing on your calendar away and then like deliberately add back the things that you want to do. And that really helps you from feeling like your life is spinning out of control with all these obligations.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I know this isn't an episode about time management, but what I realized when I was, I was during a time when I was working, literally working three, I was working three part-time jobs all at the same time, but really uh-huh. one full-time job and two part-time jobs mm-hmm. um, in a transition time between two of the mm-hmm. jobs. And I knew that I had to make time to pray because I was falling apart yeah. and the days that I said, okay, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. I don't know how the time is going to be there. I really should be doing this other thing. Mm -hmm. But the times that I I took that, you know, 15 minutes maybe to sit and read a verse and meditate and Mm -hmm. pray to God, like the things that had to be done. Something happened that allowed me to either get them done super fast when I didn't think that I could Mm -hmm. or there weren't as many things to do as I thought. And it's like you could look at that as God gave you more time. God did a miracle with that time. God removed mm-hmm. things that you didn't have to do. Or it could just be that when I prioritize, like that whole example mm-hmm. of when you have the jar and you put the large yeah. rock first. Yeah, exactly. And we'll always find a place. There's always going
0: to be room. Yeah. yeah. So Can anyway. you? Yeah. Can we pause for just a second each one and check on something real quick? Yep. Okay. Okay we're back. This time it was not the swimming pool blowing away across the street, but thank you. Okay. So we're talking about, yeah, like stripping things away and then like adding them back. And I I love your example of how, yeah, God could have miraculously just made time for you out of nothing. He could have honored the fact that you were honoring him with your time by allowing things to go smoothly and efficiently. But I think a lot of it, there's also just this kind of universal truth that when you step back and do a little bit of just planning, things are going to go smoother. You know, when you pray over that to-do list, it it does help give you clarity about what you can prioritize, what you can postpone,
1: things like that. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of the big purse concept. If you have a large purse and you have seven items in your purse – or no, how would it go? If you have a large purse, you're going to fill it up with a ton of stuff. If you have a small mm-hmm. purse, you're going to put in there what you need. But Absolutely. Um, but basically, if you know you have to do, if you say, I need to pray, the things that are going to fall away are probably going to be things like checking your phone excessively exactly. or, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah.
0: No, it makes a ton of sense. Like I know anecdotally of tons of authors – who finally are able to quit their nine to five job to become a full-time writer and initially are less productive.
1: Mm,
0: because right. when you know you've only got this hour window in the morning, you're going to make really good use of it. When you know you've got all day, you you definitely do get more prone to just kind of wasting time yeah, yeah. I, I call it the bucket philosophy right like whatever size bucket you have that buckets gonna get full right so right. if you give yourself a 20 minute bucket to get all your emails done you're gonna find a way to get those emails done in 20 minutes
1: mm-hmm. you
0: give yourself a five-hour bucket yeah that's that might be too long because then you're like oh I've got all the time in the world right right oh so yeah what are we the uh, productivity praying pr- Productively prayerful podcast.
1: (laughs) The triple P.
0: P cubed. (laughs) Pew, pew, pew. Alrighty. Let's talk though about making our home a sanctuary. Because I think that this is such a good follow up to what we talked about before, which was kind of how. The rooms in our house can sort of metaphorically stand for different parts of our spiritual life. We talked a little bit about praying through your house, um, doing spiritual housekeeping, right? Like remembering to make uh, confession a regular part of your day, just like you've got to remember to clean that bathroom or it's going to get really, really gnarly, that kind of thing. Um, But I love kind of where we're moving now, which is this idea of making your home a sanctuary. So and let's then, are we going
1: to end? Are we going to talk about it? And then at the end, are we going to pray through your house?
0: I would for sure love to spend a little time doing that. If if we don't get to it now, maybe we can do it as like a a patron bonus or oh, something. That's a good idea. But yeah, no, I definitely like I I absolutely love going through that when we've moved somewhere yeah. um, and having you help me do that. But oh, what I was going to ask you something. I. What's the difference between a house, a home, and a sanctuary?
1: Hmm. Well, I would say the house. A house is a structure intended Mm -hmm. for someone to live. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can have a house and it not be a home Mm -hmm. if it's just – just mentally speaking, if it doesn't feel like your home. Like if you're just – And you could you could live there for a long time, and it still might mm-hmm. not feel like home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a home is somewhere where you feel connected, where you feel mm-hmm. at ease and comfortable and safe and um, relaxed, where you can go to relax yeah. and kind of be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think it can be a home and not a sanctuary if there is not a spiritual component. So you Mm -hmm. might be the best Mm -hmm. at creating a comfortable environment for your family Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it could be a lot of fun to be there, but Mm -hmm. maybe there, I think, I think sanctuary takes it to the next level and it's another, it's like layers and it's the next layer, which is Mm -hmm. sanctuary where now do you think it could be a sanctuary and not a home?
0: The only way I could see that is like I could picture this is my guest room where people come in and out of and they feel, you know what I mean? Or like an Airbnb, like there's a feel of retreat, but it's not like, my thought is if it's a sanctuary and someone's living there long-term, then I think it by definition would probably feel home-like, but I could see something kind of like a guest house or a retreat center or something that maybe has a sanctuary feel without a home feel. Right. Yeah. But otherwise I think if someone's living there long-term, I think if it's a sanctuary, it's probably going to feel like a home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And I love that picture of layers, you know, of, um, cause I think most of us culturally and in our vocab, like we kind of get the difference between a house and a home. And then I feel like going from home to sanctuary is just taking it one more step deeper you know and so that in addition to having a, a an inviting comfortable feel there's also a sense of like spiritual safety a sense of worship a sense of fellowship i feel like all of those things turn your home into a sanctuary
1: i like what you said about spiritual safety because it's not just a place where you can feel close to god but like we talked about i think there's a spiritual protection that
0: I personally
1: believe is an actual, like tangible in the spiritual realm, Mm -hmm. protective bubble, you know, that can be
0: protected.
1: Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't claim to know how that works or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but I think a component of creating that sanctuary involves, like, I just have this picture in my head and sometimes I'll pray with these words that... Any negativity or mm-hmm. or evil spirit or demonic influence yeah. from the world would be shed as that there would be like a spiritual filter that as my family yeah. as we walk through the front door that it would just be shed mm-hmm. and not allowed in and it's kind of yeah. a picture of what the spiritual. Idea yeah, could look I know right? you like sci-fi. Do you watch SG One? Oh, you know what? I'm trying to think. It's Is like that? With- Stargate, yeah, and they Stargate. go through. Is that now, or is that the old one? It was maybe like 10 years ago oh, or yeah. something. So we, we've, we've watched Stargate. More. There's like Stargate, Stargate Universe. Oh, yeah, there's tons of branch shops. And I haven't done all the watch shops. But I, yeah, we've okay. watched them all. So I watched
0: the original she one with Scott because he was a big fan. And there's one thing, it, it was actually kind of fun because it has to do with like the Norse mythology. And basically what it was is there was this almost like this force field. And when you walked through it, your, I forget if it was your, I think it was just like all your weapons got like magically quote unquote deactivated. Um, I almost picture that same kind of thing about your home. Like Mm -hmm. when you go into that home, you can almost take off your armor. And no, we're never totally done doing spiritual warfare, but I absolutely feel like when you're in your home, it should have a, a different feel. It should, it should feel spiritually safe and that you can kind of let your, let your guard down. And again, that's not saying we get totally complacent, but I think there is for sure this sense of rest and peace and real sanctuary, like in the actual definition of the word, not necessarily in the spiritual definition of the word. But this is a place where you go for refuge, where the enemy, um, I don't want to say they can't touch you, you know, but you're just right. you're much more protected mm-hmm. than you are when you're out there in the the big old scary
1: world. <laughs> I saw someone, one of my friends posted on Facebook that um, taking your mask off when you get into your car, leaving somewhere is like mm-hmm. taking off your bra when you get home. And it's, true. So no, it's no, like I was taking thinking, off your yeah. spiritual bra. <laughs> it really is. You can like ungirdle yourself yeah,
0: and kind of Breathe free. Like we had one day, they they had to do a little bit of more work in our home, like as we were moving in. Mm-hmm. And so there was one day like we weren't even unpacked, and basically like the kids and I and the dog had to kind of just stay in the one bedroom almost mm. all day while they were working. And it was it was such a a bad feeling, you know, having having other people in my space, not being able to just walk around the house in my bathrobe, like I do 80% of the time. I think it definitely is that same kind of feel. You don't have to be as vigilant. You can take mm-hmm. off that mask. You can take up, you know, unsnap that bra. You can put on that bathrobe and wear it the whole day. <laughs> Nobody's, mm-hmm. you know, no. It, it's that same kind of feel mm-hmm. for sure. All right, so... So how, how do, we do get you get know? that? Oh, rats, I was going to ask you. I thought you had all <laughs> the answers. No. So knee-jerk reaction. Let me know what you think. Um, so first of all, does your home feel like a sanctuary most of the time? Like is it as
1: sanctuary-esque as you would like it? No. And it does – I would say that for me, this this home from the beginning – felt more like a home to me just in in the Mm -hmm. logistics of it than most of the other homes that we've lived in. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I did immediately feel at home. As far as sanctuary, um, no. And part of that is that I feel like there's a level of chaos and just with just we have too much stuff. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. When we have lived Mm -hmm. somewhere for more than a few years, I really start to feel it. just a And we've been here almost eight years and it's oppressive. And so I've been actively working Mm -hmm. toward purging and organizing, but that is so not my gifting. And so it's been a real struggle, like a real struggle with like this internal wanting to be, um, wanting to have that feeling, wanting to have things nice and orderly Mm -hmm. and at least uncluttered, at least in most areas. Mm -hmm. And yet I don't have the ability to, I'm sorry. I'm going to rephrase that. I have not yeah. <laughs> yet accomplished the task because I have the yeah, ability. That's and, the better and way to put it. Yeah. God is equipping me and helping me to move in that direction. But, um, and that's not even a spiritual thing, but it affects my spiritual mm-hmm. mentality. So it can, yeah.
0: for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. so my
0: question is like, does, Going from home to sanctuary, does that take time? Because I would say that the home that we used to be in, that we just moved from, that felt sanctuary-like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty strongly sanctuary-like to me. Um, this new one, like I'm happy with, I, I love. There's actually a really long hallway that kind of circles around. Like it's fabulous for someone who likes to pace as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of things I like about it and appreciate about it. And it's getting kind of a home feeling, but it, it's not sanctuary level yet. So my question is, do you feel like that's just something that takes a little bit of time or is there more to it than matters? time not even a factor? Because like you've been in your place eight years and it doesn't feel like a sanctuary.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there are probably a lot of factors. I think there are probably certain structures and homes that might be more easily like that that might lend themselves to feeling more homey. And, You're right. I think there's that, some aesthetics. Yeah. There's some aesthetics that are just already there for whatever reason, this felt more homey to me and just the way right, that it right. was laid like, out. I like, for me,
0: it's, it's a huge thing about windows. Like yeah. the more windows, the better, uh, the prettier, the view, the better, the more green I can see, the better. But mm-hmm. I feel like in addition to aesthetics, there's also the sense of, um, like, in the secular world, they'd call it something really intellectual, like juju.
1: Right. <laughs> um, or energy.
0: You know, but you know what I'm talking about? like Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I do feel like those. there is a spiritual, I don't want to call it a personality, but there's a spiritual feel to different places, some places. And, and I think it can depend on like previous owners. Some of it's just logistics. Like if someone didn't keep up their house, and hated their home, and they were angry and depressed, that's going to reflect not even like on a an ethereal level, like that's just going to kind of reflect in how they kept things up. And mm-hmm. but I, I do also feel like there there's an ethereal level there as well. I mean, we don't need to go crazy overboard. And, you know, but I, I feel like there there are, um, like, for example, obviously, like if you move into a home, well, I don't want to say obviously, my thought is, If you move into a home where there was very deliberate like pagan practices and occult practices, that's going to have a far more oppressive feel than if you lived into a home that was owned and loved by Christians who prayed over their house every day. Like I -hmm. I, I do think there's a
1: difference there. I think so, too. And, you know, I wouldn't go to my grave defending that as as gospel, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I really do believe that. And just, you know, Mm -hmm. it just seems logical and we don't know how that works. But I mean, if there is a spiritual world, which the Bible tells us that the the battle that we fight isn't Mm -hmm. against flesh and blood, there are principalities, Mm -hmm. there are Mm -hmm. spirits that are at war with us in the spiritual realm. They move yeah. about the earth. We know that because the Bible tells us mm-hmm. so. There, yeah. th- it just makes sense that that there yeah. would be different levels and of whatever spiritual residue. Spiritual- <laughs> yeah. right? So um, you know, and I don't think that we need to go
0: overboard. Like no. I don't feel I feel like anything can be redeemed by God's power yes. and by the power of prayer. I don't feel like there's any place that like a Christian would be spiritually unwelcome. Like we, we've got the upper hand in this spiritual battle, but kind of like what we said, your home should feel like a place where you don't have to be as vigilant. Mm -hmm. And like, part of me, that's, that's why I really so strongly believe in like praying thoroughly for your home when you, when you move in there and then maybe just kind of keep it up as a regular, almost like spring cleaning, you know, it's just Let's just make this a regular habit to be praying for our home and against these strongholds,
1: yeah, and you know you could get superstitious about it, like I could see people, could. yeah as they you know, oh, I move in, I have to have this ceremony of anointing every door frame mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. i'm no, not spiritually protected right, or, like it right. could become yes. a superstition, but right. to keep it biblical. You know, the Bible says to, you know, write, write scripture on your door frames frames, and, you know, and, and that is symbolic because when you think about the Passover, they painted blood on their door frames and the blood of Christ on their threshold, like that was what protected them. And so symbolically, Mm -hmm. if we're, you know, writing, so to speak, the Word of God mm-hmm. on our door frames. I mean, that's that's like a symbolic submission to mm-hmm. God's protection. It's kind of a, like, as yeah, for me in my like, house, we'll serve the Lord. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that is very biblical. And, and if you're looking at it mm-hmm. as a sign, like almost an offering or an act of worship to God, offering mm-hmm. your house and your home and, and everything oh, like in that. it to Him, I think that's the frame of mind that you can – Enter into this with.
0: I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's super cool. And you know, I think there's a way to kind of go overboard and make this superstitious and be like, okay, well, I need you know at least three Bible verses hanging up in every wall, or else you know God's not going to be happy with me. I Mm -hmm. think that as opposed to these being like totems to ward off evil, I think they're just they're reminders to you. And I like how you put it. There's statements to God that you've kind of devoted your home to him. I think that that's a, a wonderful practice is just kind of dedicating your home to the Lord.
1: We did something really cool. Um, so our house, our foundation was messed up during the earthquake in, right. um, a couple of years ago. And um, we had to have our we had to have our house raised and leveled and we had all these foundation stuff done. And in the process we had some of our floors replaced. And Mm -hmm. when all of the, when the, um, the slab was exposed, not the slab of the foundation, but the, the concrete floor was exposed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we all the night before the person came in to put the flooring back in, each of us wrote a scripture verse on it with a wow. sharpie and i took pictures of it and you know just to basically it was like thanksgiving like you know to yeah. thank god for his promise and of of taking care of us and just for really allowing cool. us and so we kind of like dedicated our home to him and and kind of gave that as an offering of thanksgiving so doing things like that is kind of neat too just if you are that. building your home and you can do something mm-hmm. like that or before mm-hmm. you paint a wall paint walls in a room yeah. if you want to write out something it's just kind of a i think that's cool yeah
0: i love that yeah so what are some other ideas of just kind of things that can symbolize the fact that we've dedicated our homes to the lord
1: um i think like you said, I think definitely at a praying through your home and and making <laughs> that a routine is is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, creating a prayer area. So maybe your house yeah. doesn't feel like a home, and you feel like you're. Eh, I, I would lo- I would like things to be different, but to just try to find a place that you can invest, even if you don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. to invest into it, but just invest the time and, and a little effort right. in okay. creating. A prayer corner or closet or chair. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could help.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about that quite a bit, sometimes seriously and sometimes not. So I know we have our like, you know, the things you need in the perfect prayer room. But I know that one was a little bit more just to be fun. But I know we've done other ones kind of like that, things you don't need in your prayer room. Didn't we do that one too once? Yes, we did. Yeah,
1: things you don't need in your prayer closet. Well, in Atomic Habits, we talked about some ways to make your prayer area Mm -hmm. feel inviting and
0: easier to follow
1: through with the habit of prayer. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I really like that because I feel like especially if you're living in a home with a lot of strife or like maybe you're living with, you've got people outside of the nuclear family that are kind of, and you feel like they're in your space or just Mm -hmm. your your home situation is not ideal. Um, I think, yeah, it's really important and very possible that even if you're, house doesn't feel home-like and you don't feel 100% comfortable that you can find you can carve out that little space like when I when the kids were really little for me it was just taking a bath like it was 20 minutes where they weren't going to come banging on the door and it was so it doesn't even have to be a physical space it can almost be like a time carving out that sanctuary maybe it's your commute to work or when you walk out to get the mail or you know like something that you can carve out that's for you and the Lord, that any of the outside stresses that maybe have worked their way into your house, they're still not going to work their way into that time or that space.
1: Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, just the the little, that that space can be yours, even if the whole entire house doesn't feel like it. And I think yeah. a way to make the, the whole house sort of feel a little bit more like a sanctuary is... Um, Pam Fields from Tending Fields talks about it. We've talked about this a couple of times because I love it. Um, she laminates scripture verses and mm-hmm. s- just sticks them to the tile wall because they stick to the wall mm-hmm. with water, mm-hmm. like in the shower. Right, right, You can just putting scripture in different places um, or if you want it to be nice and pretty, framing something mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. has scripture on it. But just having things as reminders for the whole family, I think that kind of brings the whole family into it. And Mm -hmm. um, another one that I read, Beth Moore did um, in one of her books, one of her Bible studies she talked about was she had a prayer jar where it was just there in, I think it was like on the hearth of one of Mm -hmm. their fireplaces or something. And... I'm going to get the details wrong because I'm not a details person, but I think the bottom line was she was talking about it in terms of her kids, her daughters. Mm-hmm. She had them write down their prayer requests and put them in there so that later they could look at them and kind of see how God had worked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just remember her saying like one time her daughter put a prayer in and she said, what was that? She's like, well, what, what did you ask for? You know, what was your prayer request? And she said, well, that's between me and God. And her mom, you know, Beth Moore was like, you know, it was a bittersweet moment because it was a transition from her Mm -hmm. and and her mom being involved in her faith and her having this faith with God. But little things like that where you have prayer jars or Mm -hmm. something that the whole family is a part of. And whether you take part in it together as a group and you sit around Mm -hmm. and do your prayer requests or whether it's just whenever you have time. Mm -hmm. Just seeing that there is a reminder that we're a house of prayer. I like that. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, mic dropped. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, and I think it's going to be different based on other people. Like um, this summer I bought myself just a a new batch of house plants and I kept them, like, downstairs on the kitchen table for a week just because I loved looking at them. Like, I obviously, I love arranging them and putting them in my office and stuff. But, like, I had a whole week where, like, I was just reminded, these make me so, like, for the amount of money I spent versus how happy I am when I look at them, like, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> and so I feel like, you know, maybe for you it's going to be something else. Maybe for you it's going to be – um you know, I don't know, pretty pictures, a pretty screensaver, sunset pictures, like whatever it is for you that kind of lends itself to that sense of I'm at home, I'm at peace. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be luxurious. It can just be like, what are, what's a reminder for you? And I think this really ties into, we've talked a lot before about just setting up prayer reminders, you know, that picture of the missionaries that you keep on the fridge and you actually do remember to pray for them when you see it or the prayer list that you keep laminated up on the shower or, you know, whatever it is, I feel like offering your, your home decor to the Lord
1: as prayer reminders can be fabulous. It can. And I think you can tailor it to what you love about God, how you connect with God. Mm -hmm. Some people do it through music. So have Yeah. Make worship music easily accessible, because that's my problem. I'm all I love worship music, but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always looking for a speaker. I just, you know, to do Bluetooth, like I just use my Mm -hmm. Bluetooth to Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we have several speakers, but I'm just always looking for them. So if I were to just have a spot where I just had my speaker that always stayed there it would be just one really easy way and just have music playing in the background. And it doesn't have to be praise music. It could be classical music and you Mm -hmm. just, that can be worshipful. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like music can definitely,
0: and again, a lot of this depends on your personality. Like for me, a home without windows and music is really, really depressing. Mm -hmm. And for other people, it's like, eh, who cares? But yeah, like a home without music is very, it, it feels low to me, like it feels this isn't a home. And so maybe for you, it's laughter, just telling funny jokes with the family or, you know, any of these things that kind of for you create this sense of home. I feel like those are important. And, and again, like none of this has to be luxurious and you know we're not saying to go out and buy that you know $100,000 chandelier or something <laughs> you know because it makes you feel worshipful you know we're just talking about small things that are going to be kind of this offering to the lord in your home
1: yeah and maybe to ask your family too i mean i know that there was one time when i was talking to a friend of mine and she said so and i was just Talking about wanting to make my house more inviting, she's like, "Okay, so what's more important to your husband, having meals at dinner time when he gets home from work, or having a clean house?" And I was like, "Oh, meals at dinner time." Mm-hmm. And when I asked him, it was the opposite. He's like, "I really? hate stepping over." So- yeah, which was mm-hmm. weird because he's not mm-hmm. a tidy person like himself. Right, he's right. not super, but. He just enjoys, ha- mm-hmm. and I think what he was saying was he doesn't like clutter. I think that was yeah. it. It's not like he wants me to whip the house into perfect shape, but mm-hmm. he doesn't like clutter. He likes to be able to yeah. find his socks. He likes to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, sit down in the living room and have a free couch. <laughs> right, right. And so it's just interesting. So maybe ask your family because chances mm-hmm. are your kids, your husband, yeah. Whoever else have, an opinion. have different things. So maybe even sitting down with your family and saying, you know what, we have this goal of having a sanctuary, making our home into mm-hmm. a sanctuary where mm-hmm. we can feel close to God. What are some things that would make you feel close to God and that you would enjoy having around the house? To remind yeah. you. And know. if that feels like I could feel some
0: people, you start that conversation with them and they look at you like you've lost your marbles. And so maybe, <laughs> you know, if if that's gonna be the case, maybe just you know, what's what's one thing that would make you eat more comfortable here at right. home? You know, and maybe right. it's I don't want to have to step over everybody's shoes when I walk in the door. You know, well that's that's get a, shoe a rack, thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a thing that you can yeah. take care of. And yeah. Well, cool. I, I really have enjoyed kind of diving deeper into this because I think, like for me, I, I really don't spend much attention to how the house looks. Like I really don't, but I'm all about how the house feels.
1: And that's, that is such a good distinction. I love that because mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the core. And because I know we were trying to figure out how do we... How do we set this up so it's not like, well, it has to be perfect and it has to be this and that? Yeah, no. How does your home feel to you? And that is what it boils down to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. So maybe like an exercise you could do is like, how do I want my home to feel? Like Mm the minute, picture yourself walking in that door. What's the one thing that you want to feel? And then do the same like my husband walks in the door. What do I want him to feel? Or Our friends come into our home. Like what's the one, like the essence that you want to bring Mm-hmm. To your home, and then you know kind of see well what 's one thing that I could do to achieve a greater sense of so maybe what you want them to feel is like warmth, you know maybe that means you keep your thermostat one degree warmer in the winter than you normally do, like that 's literal warmth right there, mm-hmm. um, or you know maybe it 's a sense of being cozy, maybe like all it takes is having you know slippers by the door that people can slip on like some of these things they have a really quick and easy answers. Like, what's the one thing that, that you would want them to feel or you want yourself to feel? And then what's one thing that you can do to achieve that? Mm-hmm. So to put you on the spot, Jamie. Oh, no, <laughs> you're not because I actually <laughs> thought of something
1: okay, while you were good, talking,
0: but put me on the good. spot. Yes. So Jamie, totally yeah. unscripted here. Actually, this is unscripted, but what, what's the one
1: feel that you would want for either for yourself or the people who come into your home? So as you were saying that, immediately the thought came to mind that what I want people when they come into my home to feel is relaxed. Mm -hmm. And what also came to mind is that my demeanor and who I I am is a part of that, that I set the tone for It so
0: is.
1: Especially, yeah. yeah. When people
0: come over, like we haven't had guests over in so long because of the pandemic. I but when people used to come over, like I remember I used to feel really proud when I had like five things to do. When it was like, come in, come in, but I'm so busy getting things ready for you that you need to make yourself at home. Like there was just this sense of being rushed and overburdens and yeah, that's not a fun feeling to like thrust onto your house guests.
1: Yeah, I am not a great host hostess when it comes to that. Let me rephrase that. I'm mm-hmm. going to reframe that. In the past, yeah. <laughs> I have been known to um to be really busy and just create mm-hmm. this feeling of of frenzy, I think, yeah. because because I am trying to and and it, I lose that opportunity to connect with people. Mm, and even so with true. my own family, I feel like I get caught up in, like, I think maybe acts of service might be my love language because I feel I like that, that's sure. what I want to do so badly mm. for everyone. And yeah. I feel like for my kids, loving them well is providing for them, getting them, you know, fed and doing for them. but. What they probably want is for me to sit and just look them in the eye and oh, just sit sure. down next to them. And,
0: Absolutely. And having that kind of white space like what yeah. we talked about.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I really think that one key component, maybe the biggest component of having making your home a sanctuary, is the tone that we set. And I think whether, that's
0: so yeah. significant. Yeah. Yeah. Your attitude is going to have so much more importance than like what you hang on your walls. Yeah. Cause you could have like the picture perfect, like better homes and garden house. But mm-hmm. if you're portraying this like flustered frenzy feel, then yeah. it's, it's not going to feel warm and inviting and cozy. and
1: yeah.
0: yeah. No, I love that you brought that into it. We're doing this fun thing. Um, did I tell you about our son's job that he got?
1: Yes. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's washing dishes at a restaurant. Um, Oh, really oh, wait. Cool
1: no, thing. not the new one. No, I'm I thinking of the old one. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, because yeah, it's he new. he yeah. a summer
0: job before we moved, which was perfect for him. He worked at a comic book store, like organizing their comics, which is fabulous. And then we moved here and like basically my husband said, okay, they're hiring at this restaurant. Go there with your resume and you know, they're expecting you at nine. He shows up at nine. He comes home at like nine thirty. Like, oh, how'd it go? He says, "Yeah, I need to get my social security card because I start work today." <laughs> um, so anyway, well, he's nice. like, he's washing dishes and bussing tables and things like that. And so he gets home um, in the evening, and it's turned into like it's just this fun, like fifteen minutes where he comes home. We haven't seen him for a few hours. We hang out most of the time. His brothers come, and we all just and it's never like. You guys can't be busy at this time because your brother is about to come home. Like it just sort of happens, you know. And having moments like that, like I love how you put it, just having that white space where you've got time for those interactions, I think is really, really nice.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think these days where everyone is home all the time Mm -hmm. makes it harder because you're just like, "Eh, we're together. But like you said, when him with him being away for a little bit and then coming back, it's like that creates. We have a reason to reconnect. It does. So when we find ourselves in these times, whether it's kids are home all the time and there is Mm -hmm. no time for that, um, maybe we need to be more creative. It reminds me of my husband is such a, so he's got kind of a gruff exterior. He's not Mm -hmm. super like warm and fuzzy when you meet him, but he's got Mm -hmm. a very tender heart and he's very sweet. Don't tell him I said that. I will never tell him he said that. He doesn't want the world to know. but. (laughs) <laughs> he loves our dog and he loves dogs. He's uh, an animal lover, uh, L- animal lover. And yesterday when he came home from work, the dog was outside running around on uh, his line. And my husband came out, sat down on the deck, just kind of talking to the kids. And the dog was like frantically trying to get trying his attention. Get, oh, and so he so finally sad. saw it. And I mean, he was just so happy. It just. But I think about that, like that feeling of, I'm hearing my kids shouting, no, downstairs. Oh, no, shouting the at the dog. <laughs> but it's that feeling of when when absence making the heart grow fonder. Like... <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we anyway, will find out soon. <laughs> yeah, I will pause if if I hear another thump. But yeah, okay. absence making the heart grow fonder, and then mm-hmm. and then having that reunion time. So how how could we yeah. create that? You know, when we are all maybe just calling the family together for something fun, like you know, hot cocoa or uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Just, but yeah, Game that yeah or, yeah.
0: Anyway, no, I I definitely think that. It, it's different when you're sequestered at home, and you know, like lockdown is not as strict as it was, like in early, uh, early spring, I guess. Right. But there still is, yeah. We have not had people home, but to be honest, and maybe this just speaks to me becoming more and more hermit-like as I get older. <laughs> like I feel like I loved the feel of my home during the lockdown.
1: I did too. Yeah. I did, I did too. And I, yeah, and there's an element of that that's not there anymore, even though very little has changed in our day-to-day. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but there's yeah. just
0: this sense of um, nobody was coming in. And I, I definitely don't want to, you know, it's it's not biblical to say never let anybody in your home. No. Like we are all commanded to be hospitable. and It was just this sense of it is only us And there. I liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I did too. And I, I've been kind of searching myself like, what is that? Is, is there bad in there? I know there's I know. good in there. I know. What is the bad in that though? And how could that become? bad. It could get taken too extreme for sure. What is the good that can come out of it sure, be extracted from it and taken on Yeah, once things do kind of get back to more. And I think
0: one of the takeaways or one of the, like the actual good things is there was a sense of being unhurried Mm -hmm. for sure. Like there's nowhere to go because nothing's open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Well, no, this has been such a cool conversation. I feel like we could close with saying like, if you want your home if you want your house to feel like a home and your home to feel like a sanctuary, you could go through all these steps that we just talked about. You can pray religiously, you can like get all the things, or you could just you know buy a puppy, and that'll probably do it too, don't you think? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the praying puppy lover podcast has come to its conclusion. <laughs>
1: Another pee. We were just. But do you it. know what?
0: Like, let's let's take the the dog for a minute. Like a a dog brings a sense of home because like like your husband you're away and you come back and someone is that stinking happy to see you. Yes. Like who would not feel lifted up by that? Yeah. Right? He, yeah. And it brings a sense of playfulness. Mm-hmm. It brings a sense of um like I know I've I've been a little off the last couple days and just I don't think I'm sleeping quite as well. So I've noticed I'm just, I'm getting kind of annoyed more easily and just wanting to be alone and be like, why, why do these kids keep talking to me? Which, you know, like that's my issue. It's not theirs. Like I'm not being warm and gentle and loving. Like I want to be, but I'm still like, I could be really annoyed and be like, I wish I could have 10 minutes where nobody wanted to talk to me at all and still want to pet the dog. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a different sense of, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it just means that we're terrible people who lo- you know to like animals more than people. That's
1: not true. It's but, not true. You don't like animals more than people, but I don't, it is I don't. it's a different dynamic because it is. Yeah, it totally is. We we all get it. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. I I feel like we're slowly devolving. So maybe we need to wrap this one up. Time to wrap it up with our blessing and benediction.
0: I've noticed, have you noticed? So, like we we started in the late morning with this best recording, we're getting on to an afternoon. I feel like afternoon is just not as great for me. Like I feel like I'm more prone to just kind of like meander too much. <laughs> I think we both are that way.
1: And some of it is once we get into more than one and both of these episodes have been long. So it's like, yeah, you know, true. I think once we get into a certain threshold, we start getting a little punchy. And
0: <laughs> yep, yep. All righty. Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to add kind of about this idea of sanctuary? No,
1: I think that really covered it. Just the, I think the bullet points being don't make it superstitious, um, tailor it to yourself and your family and don't feel like you have to follow any, any certain list, but, um, but that prayer plays a huge part in it and, and not just a one-time thing, but just praying for your home and for your family. And, and yeah, I love that. All right.
0: Well, this blessing and benediction may sound familiar familiar to those of you who heard part one of this, but you know, we're okay with that. All right. Mm-hmm. Here is the, the, they are good blessing and benediction. So. <laughs> Your recycled blessing for today says, may the Lord sustain us through sickness and the frailty of human flesh. I'm sorry. That's just, <laughs> I've probably read this exact blessing. I think we recycle through maybe like 30 different blessings. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. But, so I'm sure I've said this one multiple times, and I just now realize, like, it sounds kind of ominous,
1: With <laughs> the lives of status <laughs> through sickness and the frailty of human flesh. It kind of, yeah. This is not, a prophecy, this is not this a prophecy over you. This is here. <laughs> health and, yes.
0: My son, um, well, my husband went to work and he he shouted to the family, I'll see you guys later. And we're always like just saying goofy things and not even thinking about it. So one of my sons said, will you though? And then he said, oh, no, I didn't mean that to sound as ominous as it did. All right. Take two. May the Lord sustain us through sickness and the frailty of human flesh. May his grace be sufficient and his power made perfect in our weaknesses, so that it will be obvious to everyone that what we have accomplished has been accomplished to Christ. While we groan inwardly, awaiting our heavenly treasure that will never perish, spoil, or fade, may the power that raised Jesus from the dead work mightily in us as we wait for the day of his
1: glorious appearing. And our benediction is from Psalm 20, verses 1 through 5. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace.
0: Amen. Amen.